0: Dude, 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 this song's closed, we gotta change it. Time for a zero check. Never made it as a oh no, that's even worse. I mean, this was...
1: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the zero check. We have uh, another delightful episode for you today. This is, I don't know, the 7th or 12th of the 4th season or something and uh i have here with me craig richard and michael and i am of course stephen pleasure to see you all today we have four albums that we um that we have been listening to for a couple of weeks now and which we will give harsh critical notes to we did the grand illusion by Styx, we did seekers and finders by gogo bardello we did um the hamilton original cast recording and last but not least, Empath by Devin Townsend. So where would we like to start this week? Can we
2: start with Devin Townsend this week?
1: Yeah, throw it throw it out there. Tell us about this uh this album, Greg. Woo!
2: So on our last episode, we did the album City by Strapping Young Lad, which is an album Devin Townsend did at the very beginning of his career and came out the same year as his solo album, Ocean Machine, which which we did in the first run of this show. Um, Now one of the themes that Richard had kind of suggested that I thought was cool for us doing in this kind of reunion tour was going back to artists we did in the original run of the show and seeing what they've been up to since. So I kind of took that theme for this selection of, we've looked at what Devin did at the beginning of his career, let's look at what he's done most recently. An Empath is his most recent solo album from 2019. Um, And it comes after Devin was kind of entering a very high point in his career. He had been working with a kind of a stable set of musicians. They formed something called the Devin Townsend Project, which I think put out six albums. Um, and Devin's career was going really well. He was getting headline festival bookings, um, each album selling more than the last, et cetera. Et cetera. Um, unfortunately for him creatively, with each successive album, the sound of that project was narrowing. They were settling into, like, a marketable sound. And Devin is the kind of artist where he very much is like, I want to do this thing right now. This is, like, the type of music that I'm interested in. This is what I want to write. So he gets very irritated if he has to write, like, a certain sound. So after six albums, he basically said, I can't do this anymore. He stopped the project and was like, for my next thing, I just want to do whatever the hell it is I want to do. Um, and one other thing that was important to him, and I think this comes up from a comment Steven made earlier this, today on our um, internal chat, something that Devin's experienced a lot in his career is record labels telling him, you cannot put um, different, your different genre music on the same album. You can't do like this wacky opera stuff next to this metal song. And you can't do like this radio song next to this metal song and he was like to hell with that i want to put whatever i want to put on I this." i do what album. i want exactly i'm going to find like a new group of musicians i'm going to write whatever i want you know whatever i and i'm going to put whatever i want on this album and that's how empath ended up um one thing that i think applies really well to this album that i saw in review is it's the most devin townsend album that he'd written in a long time because it encompasses kind of all of the different types of music he writes and all of his different influences and chad Kruger from nickelback makes an appearance as well
3: where is
1: where does he show up on this
2: he is buried a little bit deep in the mix he's um under devon in the chorus of um oh hear me ah uh, yeah he's a I, bit hard I, to hear yeah if I didn't you don't notice him, know he's I there. Didn't yeah notice him. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you don't know the he, that he's on the album, if you're not like listening for him, you're probably gonna miss him. But it's there's a little, a fun little story ironic where, that
3: he's in the song called "Hear Me."
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. There's a fun story Devin tells of like um, that came about of I think Devin just earlier in his career was kind of like shitting on Nickelback just because it was either the thing to do or he heard that his music had been like chatted, badmouthed him, and eventually they they figured that out and. Devin went over to his house and hung out with Chad for a little bit, and Chad ended up on the album. So weird. It's wild, like crazy music industry connections and how different people meet up. Um, Yeah, I will stop talking after giving a ton of context on this and turn it over to you guys. Uh, What did you think? I thought Uh, it was a triumph.
1: Yeah, I think the comment that I made was, it's all over the place.
2: Very deliberately all over the
1: place.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's good getting it that It's kind of cool to
3: hear something all over the place too, though. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. It really shows off Devin Townsend's range. That's one of the things I really like about it. Uh, and that variety is just like, you never get tired of it. Something new and playful and fun comes on after every other song. So, yeah, I, I really like this
1: for me it had high points and it had low points um, there were like I mean we've, we've talked extensively about you know a track to draw you into the album you know of an, an opening number to, to really bring you in mm-hmm. um, I don't I, Castaway was a weird little beach sound sort of <laughs> you know it's an, beginning. this is an ending. album with an
2: intro track And intro tracks are like, "Mm."
1: Yeah, and then it it goes into Genesis. And I actually, I thought Genesis was quite an interesting and fun song. Um, I don't know how anyone hits the bass drum that fast. Heel toe. Yeah, it's it's just like, (laughs) it's ridiculous. (laughs) Mm. Hit with your heel
2: first, and then bring your toe down, so you get two hits with each motion of your leg. And do that with both legs.
3: Yeah, my, my my son can do that. They've been he's been learning that technique for a little while now.
1: You're <laughs> so good, so death metal drummer. Yeah, death metal drummer. Just what you need. <laughs> um,
3: I, and I, but I thought I didn't that say was he could do it really... extremely well as he's learning it.
1: <laughs> I thought that was a really interesting track, and the you know the the that drumming really punctuated it. It was very it sounded like gunfire almost. Um. But then it goes into "Spirits Will Collide," which I think is the best track on this album. That that track, it's it's such a positive song. I felt like Mm -hmm. Andrew WK was singing it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was all about. It's a super feel good song. Yeah, it's 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 such a super feel good song, and it's really well put together. And then and then he travels to Narnia for a while, and we talk to Mr. Tumnus. And we, you know, <laughs> and, and then he, he goes back into, you know, Evermore and Sprite and weird stuff. Uh, Why is such a strange, I like it, but it's such a strange song. Um, and then, you know, Borderlands Requiem Singularity, it just sort of turns into the, you know, super long song mm. ending. <laughs> and run. Yeah, the
2: album. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve.
1: Yeah, I, I actually I thought Borderlands was an interesting song, and it it had like it kept running through my head after I I listened to the album, like it it, it earwormed me. <laughs> um,
2: I, do love, I do love the main the main guitar riff of Borderlands. It's so yeah, simple it's, but so effective.
1: It it was a it was a really solid track for something that they stretched out to eleven minutes. Uh, <laughs> But then you know, and Singularity is you know it's in six parts or whatever that you know a twenty-three minute song, so it's it's, it's it had it's it, you know it's it's up and down and up and down. I I have I have trouble with songs that that just keep going that long. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, I mean all in all, I would say it was a really interesting album. It had a lot of, um, a lot of unexpected moments. Um, and and in general, I thought I I, I quite enjoyed it. It was um, mind expanding. I don't know <laughs> what do you want to call it without drugs.
2: <laughs> I'd say that's a good way way of putting it.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's my opinion. That's how I felt about it. So I, I to it a this... bunch
3: of times. I like this album as well um i found that a lot of metal that i would go into would sort of have that um where everything sort of sounded the same and i almost felt like i wasn't sure where one track ended and the next one started and so i really appreciated okay. that this one was kind of all over the place um the whole idea with singularity was interesting to me too because that's like the classical music style right where you would have like a, one song that would be in like seven different movements. Sure. You know, like Beethoven, Mozart, like that kind of stuff. And 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 so it was neat, you know, especially knowing some of the context that Craig provided where, you know, he was like, I want to create something. I want to do my own thing. Nobody can tell me what I can or can't do. And so I'm just going to pull this this way of, of creating music out of classical music. And yeah, you know, I think I would have stuff.
1: preferred if it's my big problem with singularity not the song in itself knowing that it was a it was like a 23 minute thing into six parts i the you know on spotify it just doesn't tell me when it's jumping from part to part
3: oh okay. you know what i
1: mean it's just it's just like one big track this long and i don't really know where i am in it unless i decide to parse the time hmm. I, I would have preferred it if it was like broken into six tracks and each one said singularity colon then whatever it, whatever you know Part i of think the, it's
2: it's inconsistent with different places how that is done yeah because i i have the empath cd and i forget if the cd has singular singularities a single track or mm-hmm. six individual tracks i think apple music does it as six individual tracks but ah it's not i don't think it's consistent and that is like there are other recordings i've seen like that that are annoying with like either different ish like other albums that do that where here's like a be a super duper long track say like the original version has it has it as a single track and then if they re-release it years later then they break it up into multiple tracks i've seen that happen in other cases too i think steve i prefer what you were saying of like even if you have crossfade enabled so it will when you're listening to it it will happen as a continuous experience yeah. you can glance at your music player and be like okay i'm here
1: yeah where like, am I? That, I i yeah. mean honestly that's that was my big problem where am i i'm at singularity no yeah. shit. i'm at
3: singularity I'm minute 17. <laughs> now. i feel
1: like i'm in a singularity
3: yeah. <laughs> um genesis was my favorite track on this i really enjoyed that track um yeah. But yeah, like, like I said, it was it was um it was different from and, and I and I liked the the um strapping young lad stuff from the last episode, so um, I was looking forward to listening to this and and it was a a neat experience.
1: Evan Townsend mm. is I, his solo stuff feels very different than strapping young lad to me. Like, I mean, it's it's there's a lot of heavy in all of it, and you know, um, but like the so strapping young lad, I, I mean, and I, I, to be totally fair, I've only listened to City, um, but it sounded like it was like music with a purpose. Like this, there is there is angst to be worked through, mm-hmm. and that, and that that is what that album that, that album has. You know, that's what it does. Uh, the I've listened to you know Ocean Machine and and this from Devin Townsend solo stuff, and it feels a lot more. Purposeless. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not saying that Devin Townsend had no purpose, but it's much less focused.
0: Mm. Like I think I feel... very whimsical and playful. Mm. I think I said before, that I, I get a lot of playfulness from it, and just him being like, What can I do now? This'll be fun. And he yeah. hangs out another tune and in some other and, completely and different. And outcomes Sprite. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Sprite might be my least favorite. Weird. It's
3: pretty. It's fun That's times. My Narnia you, track. You prefer Seven Up? So, sorry, <laughs> dad jokes.
2: <laughs> Some stuff. Um. So, oh, go ahead, Mike.
3: No, no, I was oh, just he, uh, he just he just, he's just um, rocking his dad joke. I was applauding my own humor. Yeah.
2: Hashtag <laughs> Like there, at least, um, hear me is an example of this where Devin's put up a couple of demo like recordings from um like eight track not eight tracks but like digital audio recorders like if he's just jamming on his guitar at home and he's recording it on something he'll he's put those some of those recordings on youtube and they're five years old um and you he one of those has um most of the guitar parts from hear me on it so some of this material is years old that he just hasn't been able to also like formulate into a song or it didn't fit with what he was doing in the devon townsend project or maybe when he first wrote it and i think a lot i can see that why that would
1: drive him nuts
2: yeah where he's like i have all this material and i don't have a like my label won't let me release it and i had i don't have like an avenue to get this out
1: Mm mm-hmm Cool. No, I thought "Spirits Will Collide" was super badass. So, like that, like that—that's a song that will find its way into playlists of mine.
2: And that's more. That's the most like Devin Townsend project-esque song on there. Sure. So, if, yeah, that's kind of m- most aligned with the sound he was coming from, or he left, leading into into this album. Mm-hmm. Word. Check it out, folks.
1: Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, good. it's definitely different.
2: <laughs> and amusingly, his next solo album, um, so after this technically was not his most recent solo material, but his real most recent solo material is a double ambient album, which I figured ah. would be totally yes, totally impenetrable <laughs> for this show. So I picked the <laughs> second the technically so, second most recent did, solo did material. Did you
3: say it's an ambient album?
2: yeah puzzle oh. uh sn- puzzles slash snuggles
3: and it's just noise
2: yeah give it a <laughs> shot i'd be curious to see to hear <laughs> I mean, like, ambient Michael. is weird ambient when, is weird sounds in ambient
1: yeah when i was De- in china uh one of the the other foreigners who was there with me he was um he taught at the same school that i did his name was Scott. And he was really into, like, Philip Glass and Brian Eno. Like, lots of just weird ambient shit. And uh, that's where I got my introduction to that. And I have to say, I'm not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: great when you're working.
1: Maybe. It would probably be better if I were, like, really high. <laughs> Maybe that
3: or too. working really high. <laughs>
1: yes, one of the two. <laughs> mm.
3: All right, which um, one do we want to do next? Good question. Shall we do some sticks? Woo! Yeah, let's, let's get it over with. Let's sail, sail away. Do a little bit of sticks. So tell, um, tell us about sticks, Mike. Yeah. So, uh, so the idea behind this album is, um, I was, uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to look at. And I asked my dad, I was like, what, what's your favorite artist? What's your favorite band of all time? And he says sticks. And I said, well, what's their best album? The grand illusion. Okay. So I had never heard that album. Um, I I had known the one, one track on it. Um, did, did we just lose Craig? Okay. no. (laughs) um, I did the one track on it, Come Sail Away. Yeah, everyone knows that. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of their, part, their, their big thing. If
1: Cartman hears the beginning of the song, he has to hear the whole thing.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, was, I was excited to listen to this one. Um, Styx is a, um, an American band, um, sort of big in the 70s. Um, uh, this album came out in 77, and um, a lot of reviews sort of... Put this as their best work. Um, I haven't really heard a lot of other stuff from them. Like, I mean, you know, there are some other big tracks, but uh, I was interested in going into this one. Um, it's kind of blind and just, what am I going to hear? And um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, there are a couple of tracks on it that really um, had that sticks feel. Like there was, a, there's a lot of synthesizer uh, sort of. Uh, um, electric organ stuff, do, 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 like this kind of stuff yeah. in, in a lot of their music. Um, I think my favorite mm-hmm. track on this is is called um, "Man in the Wilderness." I yes. was listening to the track and I I took a screenshot of my um of my phone with that track and I sent it over to my dad and I was like, "I'm listening to this song. It's amazing." Um, and so it's 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 a rock album. It's a rock album from that time. Uh, it's it's like a '70s rock album. Um. It had a lot of. uh, I do not like seventies rock. (laughs) (laughs) See, for me, I'm 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 a fan. Like I've I've uh, because my dad was into a lot of that kind of stuff, so I really enjoyed you know listening to the Eagles, listening to uh, you know uh, bands like uh, um, Austin. Well, like like Sticks and uh, um, Glass Tiger, and (laughs) you know, although they were probably more eighties. But yeah, like uh, th- this this particular album had had a couple of interesting tracks on it. Um, the Grand Illusion I thought was a fairly strong starting track, um, and then uh, Come Sail Away was just like a piece of nostalgia. I was really excited when that song came on because uh, it's one of those songs that are that was part of my MP3 collection back in the day. Remember back when we all had MP3 collections? Oh yeah, uh, that was definitely one of the ones that I had in my you know classic rock folder. Um yeah, so so this is Sticks. What did you guys think? I'll let other
0: people speak first. (laughs) They sound like what they are. They're they they they're a seventies like big production rock uh you know, rock band and uh their music is dramatic and it's very all over the place. It takes it takes you on a on a meandering journey along this album. Uh and it's fun.
2: A mostly incorrect hot take I had, kind of three songs into this album was this era of sticks is Kansas with space keyboards.
3: Oh my lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which
2: is kind of accurate. But like it, this also well, in, has in, all in the 70s um, rock
3: tropes. Yeah. yeah like in, in the Wikipedia it article like the they actually said it was based on Kansas that that track man in the wilderness was was inspired by a kansas song
2: which is funny because i think like come sail away to me as i was re-listening to this today it feels like when the album starts sounding just it's like the first part of the album where it sounds distinctively okay this is a this is a unique artist this is not like generic 70s rock band with space keyboards um No, I guess like that hot take came from the first few songs being all right, this is pretty good, but it also really sounds like most other 70s rock just with space keyboards on it. And then Come Sail Away is when, okay, here is an original song that kind of shows the band's identity. And I also really liked Man in the Wilderness. I thought though, Come Sail Away and Man in the Wilderness were two of the, the two strongest tracks on this album.
1: They were the two most listenable tracks on the album. <laughs> the rest, no, not even. <laughs> I no, I, I thought it was awful. Like if I had to hear that synth one more time, I wanted to go. Or was it a guitar oh, why, why or something way? awful? <laughs> I just wanted to punch somebody in the face. It was just. It drove me insane. Did okay, so not no, like note it. to
3: self: Do not be in the same room as uh, as Steven when listening to sticks. <laughs> it's just not
1: good. Like, it's, it's very
3: uh, jarring I would say it's very
2: jarring and it is like in retrospect like with this album being around for you know 40 50 years um we kind of have gotten used to it and maybe it was more interesting at the time because it was so novel um it's kind of also interesting to think that come sail away at least when I my impression was that it had the some of the least amount of keyboards on the album. I got, yeah it was it was only only, only like
1: the middle only the middle part, yeah, um that song could have ended halfway through, and everyone would have been better off for it.
2: no way repeat <laughs> repeat out <of> infinitum
3: <laughs> I love picking an album that's gonna trigger Steve <laughs> oh, it's oh, I just
1: do not like it. it's so irritating.
3: <laughs> So my my question is: Is it specifically because of the synth and the keyboards, or is it this sort of genre of of uh, this time period of rock music? I yeah, I don't. Y-
1: you may not know this about me yet, but I do not like progressive rock. I do not care for that seventies rock sound, and i I didn't know how annoying I found space age synthesizers until I had to listen to this <laughs> album but now i know now you know <laughs>
2: now what i know these classic rock that's not prog though steve so like boston how do you feel about boston
1: i don't it's for entirely different reasons i don't care for boston okay um there's some chicago i don't mind
3: okay yeah speaking of american cities that's mm-hmm. that, that's how you name a band <laughs> in the 70s you just pick a city yeah <laughs> There's some Kansas, I don't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mind. Um, it's like to me, yeah,
2: to me, like 70s rock is harmonized guitars all the time. Like two guitars yeah. harmonizing and like throughout the entire song and like fairly like good singing throughout the entire yeah. thing. And maybe some hardish, like leaning slightly more to the hard rock side of things.
1: As as to Kansas, they the song Dust in the Wind was all through Highlander the series. And mm. that show is probably the greatest piece of trash ever made. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, I, and I love it. It's terrible, <laughs> but I love it. And so <laughs> Dust in the Wind has, has like a special place inside of my brain heart.
3: <laughs> what about the but Eagles? How do you that? feel about the Eagles? Hotel California.
1: I mean, Hotel California is its own thing. I, no. I, I think everybody knows and has heard Hotel California and I don't think it's particularly representative of the Eagles
3: it's um, yeah it's it's kind of a bit of a yeah there's not really a lot else from them that sounds that way
1: no, no it's just, it's really it's own thing um, so I don't judge and I like Hotel California honestly but I don't judge the Eagles based on it they they have some yeah. songs I don't mind Um it, Take it easy it's yeah, I, I, it's, it's it's all right. Like you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't think of a '70s rock album, rock band that I really like. Um, I mean, I, the Chicago I like is almost more for ironic purposes.
2: No, twenty-five or six I, to four.
1: I remember I heard twenty-five or six to four. I heard on the radio, and I was in the car with my dad. And I'm like, what is this song? And he's like, Chicago, twenty-five or six-four. I'm like, you (laughs) don't, you never know what a song is. Like my, my dad's the kind of guy who, he'll hear a song and he'll he'll know, like he'll recognize it, but he'll he'll never be able to tell you who did it or what its name was, Um, except for twenty-five or six to four by by Chicago, which he knew (laughs) immediately. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing, but I I always remember because of that. Because it's such a strange name for a song. Mm
3: -hmm. So I guess what I'm a little curious about. What's what I'm a little bit curious about is is like for me this I had never heard this album before, but I was familiar with Sticks because um, growing up, my dad was playing it all the time, and so it had a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of comfort to it. Just like listening to the music and just remembering listening to it when I was like really young and my dad playing it on his on his you know. On his cabinet stereo, everybody had like a cabinet stereo with glass doors and everything. That was that was the thing that you know that he he, he would he would uh, he'd be playing that kind of stuff. And I'm curious if if you guys have music that you are interested in or you enjoy for that reason because you remember hearing it a lot when you were very little. We did mine already. Bruce Springsteen's Born in the Yeah, USA. Bruce Springsteen. Right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Other than that, it's fifties and sixties rock, like what the beginning of rock and roll because that's what I think I told the story on the other episode, like when I was growing up, my parents would want to put on CHFI or like Adult Contemporary.
1: Mm. So did and my little
2: parents. me would be like, turn that shit off, put on the old east station.
1: You know, this yeah, <laughs> me too. This this whole um uh you know, the the whole yacht rock thing going on now. Mm. You see all the, the, the yacht rock playlists. <laughs> That made me listen to a lot of songs that I haven't heard since I was forced to listen to them, like in a car going somewhere with my parents on listening to a shitty radio station. (laughs) And there's so many songs where I'm like, I have, I see, you see the, the artists in the title and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. And then you proceed to sing the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that happens so many times. That's that's kind of what the definition of Yacht Rock is in my mind. It doesn't even matter what the song is. It's if it's a song who I could not place and I do not know the name, but I know I know it like the back of my hand, that's Rock. Yar
3: yeah. rock.
0: Euro Euro Did dances you? like that too. Gross. Yeah, my, my parents didn't really play music when I was young. My mom listened to CHFI as well in the car. Uh, my dad was in a Band for all intents and purposes, they, they used to perform in the '60s, and then they just kind of became a group that would get together once or twice a year and sing a few songs together uh, sure. just for for fun and socializing. So, like, he had recordings from his band's music that he would play in the car. Like, this is this is the worst, Dad. Don't listen to your own music.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Uh,
0: like,
1: <laughs> somebody's got to, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, because nobody else was
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, they were a I folk can. band, like a. They were like a, a 60s coffee shop folk band, played folk folk tunes from all over the world. Uh, so that was that was uh, their thing. Uh, like so a bunch of acoustic guitars. Yeah, and a mandolin and a banjo and, and oh, all
1: nice, that Jesus. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. And
0: that's what um, you had to listen to in the car. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. um but it was my siblings music my older siblings because i'm i'm one of many uh siblings in my family i was kind of the second family and uh so they were they grew up in the late 70s 80s we'll say is when they kind of grew into their teenage and, and early adult years so i i listened to a lot of uh like my sister was really into doors and pink floyd and uh and then my brother got me into rush uh into uh the police and stuff like that so yeah that was kind of what influenced me earlier on
1: yeah that's fair my mom would listen to like i'm trying to think of she had like a a number of go-to cds that she'd she'd throw onto the stereo in the morning when we were getting ready for school one was the everly brothers greatest hits so I heard, heard. Oh yeah, I heard a lot of the other Everly it's, Brothers, and I mean, it's, it's, is so, that your album so, choice for
0: next week? Oh god. So no. wait, wait a, wait a second. Was this was this like a two song single or something? Because they didn't have that many hits. You'd be
1: surprised. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no.
1: Um. But yeah, she Everly Brothers' greatest hits. I mean, the hit to filler ratio might not have been great, but yeah. there <laughs> it was probably better than you think it is. Um, and she would listen to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. <laughs> oh, <those things. laughs> nice! So much dirty and cocktail.
3: Yeah, cocktail, Kokomo. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Like with some serious. Like and there was some other old stuff too, like like the Everly Brothers. I'm trying to remember right now, but those are like those three really stick in my mind. And whenever a song from any of them comes on, I'm just like, oh yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm
3: now i can't help but wonder every time i get in the car with my own kids and i'm like hey guys you got to hear this i'm going to put on this track this this song is amazing this this album is awesome i wonder if they're sitting there thinking in their minds can you shut off the shitty music (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah you know they are until they get to a certain age
2: yeah your kids are old enough to do that my kids are still in the like everything new is the best thing ever so I'll put some power uh-huh. metal on and Francis, my middle kid is like, this is my favorite song. Then the next song comes on and he's like, this is my favorite song.
3: <laughs> nice. And then we'll get in the van <laughs> the
2: next time. He's like, please put this song on. It's my favorite song. Okay. Awesome. Good job, boy.
1: <laughs> That's fun. Uh, good times. Um, yes. my, as I said, my dad had hundreds of CDs. We've talked about the the Columbia, you know, the BMG and Columbia oh, yeah. you know, that the, the Mail order CD clubs. He he just got like hundreds of CDs through there, and um most of them were just terrible. But he didn't listen to them. Like he collected them, but he got, I I would say like three quarters of those CDs probably never got played. So hmm. uh, so the ones I remember are the ones that he got and that my mom liked, like the Everly Brothers Greatest Hits, and that she went to town on. Funny. That <laughs> so he was collecting for the for the sake of collecting. That wall. Yeah, pretty much. He had, he had this huge CD rack. It was nuts. In the living room of our house back when, when we all lived on fielding in Oakville.
0: CDs <laughs> were right, so and guess frightening it's... to my parents. Hmm? <laughs> C- CDs are strange and frightening novels. to my parents.
1: Oh, I see. They're <laughs> a little older.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Alrighty. So um, we have two more. Do you? Shall I go, or do you want to go, rec- Rick? Let's
0: let's get the uh, Gogol Bordello out of the let's way because it. it's Hamilton's a little more different. Uh, it's true. Uh, so well, I, that's
1: kind of what I was thinking.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I chose Gogol Bordello's Seekers and Finders last uh, episode, uh, just as a check back on what uh, what they've been up to since. Because we did um, Underdog World Strike, right?
3: We that did. That was the one we did in the earlier season.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, and they're just a great, fun thing. Uh, I was at uh friend's cottage this weekend and we were listening to music last night, having a little bit of uh, a deck dance party. And, uh, I got my friend to throw on uh, American wedding, which is not on either of these albums. It's on their, uh, uh super Taranta album.
1: Oh yeah. If we, uh, I listened to super, super Taranta when we did the first one.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and we had a, a fun little rock out session during that song. Um, uh, it was it was as the the party was kind of winding down a little bit and all a lot of people had gone into the cottage to just relax, mm. got a couple more people to at least perk up a bit. Uh, so anyway, it's a I would say they're a fun party band in their own way. They're a group of um, they're out of of New York City, a group of uh, people who had immigrated from various parts of the world to the states and. Um, formed a punk band, but brought influence from all of their respective cultures, mostly Eastern European, Uh, a lot of um, Romani folk music influences in it, and uh, violin or fiddle and um, uh, accordion and musical instruments like that. A lot of fun. What would you guys think of this album?
3: If I can jump in really quick on this one first, um, because um, we had talked about uh, an album to get you motivated when I mean, you got to get up super early in the morning and, you know, get out there and tackle the world. And so we had talked about this in our last recording and, um, the very next morning I put this album on when I was walking my dog and I thought it was awesome. Like I, I really enjoyed the style of music. The, the singer's voice was just mesmerizing like the lead singer. Um, it was really cool to listen to. um, the tracks were catchy it was fun i i had never heard anything like it before right like a like a gypsy punk style it was just really cool and i just had a had a bit of a smile on my face while i was you know scooping up some poop off the ground
2: at five thirty in the morning
3: yeah <laughs> just closer to seven i think that, that particular day i was doing okay
2: <laughs> good job daisy
3: yeah <laughs>
1: I, I i figure i love gogo padella they're so much fun like their their music is just it's got full of en, uh, energy and interesting instrumentation and sounds and then every every once in a while they have a track that is just a killer like it's such a good track uh this one had a couple of ones that i really like like uh um familiar bonfireball and He's... even clairvoyance was really good and, they, and just just good songs like they they just i don't know there's there's some there's some hook to them that really catches me that I really enjoy
3: now what if they had added I... some space keyboards um <laughs> no? then they would not be go go <laughs> what about Fair if they all? were
2: soviet scapes, Soviet space keyboards
1: <laughs> I would have to hear them to, to give a judgment <laughs> on that.
2: Keeping with the Eastern Europe theme. Yes. I did enjoy this a lot more than um, Underdog World Strike. I remember not really getting Gogo Bordello at that time. I think there is still a part of me that for whatever reason, I was thinking about this today about like, okay, why don't why didn't I like Gogo Bordello the first time? I think there's some part of me that feels like the shtick is a put-on. Which is hilarious because it's not like this is authentically who these people are. But for whatever reason, to, for me, it feels weird and kind of it comes across as disingenuous. And this is just totally me. Um, I don't think I can't pinpoint anything in like the guy's accent sounds fake or the way he's talking is, you know, not authentic. I don't know. I think that's there's probably still a bit of that for how. The music comes across to me um which is a quirk of my like myself but i did enjoy this a lot more um than the album we did in the original run and yeah familiar bonfire was a super good song i really liked the line um gypsy christ superstar i forget what song that was in but i thought that was like that was that's kick-ass little line
1: like i find that that eugene hutz the, the the singer he, he's like the guy I would choose to play Rasputin in a movie. Like, I feel like that—that that is the look he has. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but no, I, I, if anyone, if you look like that, then you're legit.
2: I think, I think it's a combination of his accent and the sort of ESL lyrics, but not really.
1: It's like, it's like, what was it? He, he, he's, he's like Ukrainian by heritage. Yeah. And then he moved to Italy and he learned Italian because I remember there was some um, there were some tracks in on um, Underdog World Strike that were in Italian. Mm-hmm. And then he moved to the states, I guess. So I mean, he's got a kind yeah. of a colorful history, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. There's a Russian punk band that I've listened to a couple of albums from um, Ruskaja, and all their stuff's in Russian, and they're like they are quite Russian to listen to. Um, and I don't have, I don't have the same problem with them of like, you guys are just, you know, you're accentuating Russian stereotypes or like you're coming across as fake. So that's kind of weird, but that was kind of what I was comparing to in thinking about that tangent earlier today. Also, you should check out Ruskanja. They're also a ton of fun.
0: There's a Toronto band called Lemon Bucket Orchestra that it doesn't really have the punk thing, but they, uh, are kind of. A revival band of Eastern European folk stuff kind of adapted a little bit for the contemporary listener, I guess but uh they're uh they're very good and have a similar energy
1: oh cool all right i if we're we're done with our Eastern European friends, then I guess we're going to move on to the uh the, the original cast recording of Hamilton which I, and, I chose and, because, and then, then, then. because I have honestly been listening to it non-stop since you made me do the Hamilton mixtape you say the
3: price
2: of
1: my love is not a price that you're willing to pay you cry your tea which you in the sea when you see me go by why so sad. remember we made an arrangement when because you went away. I, I guess I, I saw it for the first time when it came out on Disney plus um, and I hadn't heard any of the music before that I just heard so much about it you know you know, Hamilton this Hamilton that blah 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 it's so great blah 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 so I was like all right it's, if it's if it's supposed to be so great let's see what it's all about and i watched it and i was immediately hooked i thought it was like the best thing i'd ever heard so uh, i've listened to this endless times since the, the, that first time and I, I just think it's so well done it's such a good story it's so well told it has such you know good music and in, interesting parts and like I, I, I just I really like it. So let's see. If, I'd like to know what everyone else thinks of it. And did you watch the um the Disney Plus movie version, or did you just listen to the soundtrack? I
0: have watched the uh, Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. So
1: it's better. You, it's better to have it in context always.
0: Yes, and that's what I was gonna say. Is I'm not one to listen to musicals the music. Uh, I'll enjoy a musical as the performance and as the show and everything is together in context, but I, I put this on a number of times and I don't I don't know if just due to what I was doing at the time didn't have time to get through the whole thing I don't like any of the times, but it's good music and it's it's a, a different music for people who don't necessarily like the style of music that you associate with musicals Bringing in the hip hop element makes it uh, maybe a little more attractive to some people. Uh, it's all well written; the lyrics are great. They tell the story well, but I'm not. I'm not one to sit down and be like, "Oh, I'm going to listen to this the music from thisicle," while I'm doing this thing, or even if I'm just sitting around. I'd rather wa- I'd rather go on Disney Plus and rewatch the the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a whole. Element to it, a whole, like, you're missing a a bunch if you don't see it. But yeah.
0: that's fair. That said, one of my favorite tracks is the one, or or the, I think there's more than one, but it's the ones that are being sung by the king.
1: Oh, <laughs> the king's
0: the so, best. So good. That's, that's
1: Jonathan Groff too. I don't know if you ever have you seen mm-hmm. Mind No. It's a it's a it's a show about um, people trying to work out. You know. Yeah criminal you know forensic psychology or whatever for the uh, okay. the fbi and the main character is played by jonathan groff who's the king in oh. hamilton <laughs> it's kind of wild wild
3: he was well, also in the new he, matrix he came... movie,
1: which i saw recently
3: oh. uh jonathan groff came, came back for the uh um, for the recording when they had recorded the show that eventually ended up on disney plus he mm-hmm. was part of the original cast he was the first one to leave the original cast and uh move on to other things, but he came back for that recording, so you get to see him in the uh, Disney plus version yeah, he's the
1: best. I love that guy, and th- it's just so much fun watching <laughs> it's like it's like it's like very tangential to the story, but it's also just so amusing
3: Greg I'm
2: not sure I was waiting to see if Mike would go next. So
3: you want me to go next? I can totally go next. So I'm gonna be a um,
2: downer. So I don't wanna. I'm gonna put off mm, the downerness.
3: You're gonna say how much you hated it. That's okay. (laughs) I hate sticks. It did, it did. It didn't. It didn't have enough space. Space keyboards. Um, no. So um, I was listening to. Uh, I'm. I. I enjoy this. This show uh, just as much as, as Steve does. Um, I've been listening to it for a very long time. Um, I started by listening to it on as the uh, original cast recording. I've seen the bootlegs that <laughs> eventually were came out of the um, uh, the recordings. Uh, you know the the, the less than, than ideal way to watch that particular show. And it's um, it's it, it's just an incredible show. It's one of my my top favorite musicals. Um, I, just like uh, just like Steve, I'll put it on when I'm doing other things. If I'm driving somewhere, um, there's a uh, there's an instrumental version of this album, like a completely instrumental version of this album. So if I'm feeling saucy and I want to just like sing through the whole thing, I can totally put that on. Um. It's it's just, it's it's so good. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's stuff is just amazing. Like, I, I know we sort of went backwards by doing the mixtape first, um, but, you know, it, it, it's this particular album that inspired um, other bands to, to you know, tackle some of that music and come up with their own spins on it, but uh, yeah, one of my favourites. One of my favourite albums, absolutely. Okay, bring us down, Craig. Totally yep. How much did you hit it?
2: So, as 70s rock is to Steve musicals are to me yes. um, in that I just
3: but isn't your wife your wife's really into musicals though isn't she
2: yes and we've seen a bunch together <laughs> um, there you go <laughs> but there are still many tropes of both the structure of a musical as theater and the music of musicals that bother me and I think, I think this has probably been brought up like a bunch of times by myself over the course of the entire zero check, but a good word I think I would use to describe why I don't like musicals music is sanit- it all feels sanitized. It feels like very properly musical theory made with no edge to it. And I feel like if we had listened to the Hamilton albums in reverse, so if we had done this first, and then the mixtape, I probably would have liked this more. Because um, I like the mixtape more than this. This still feels like um, cool, there's hip-hop parts to it, but this is still very much musicals music, and I don't like it. Like Here's did the you, multi-part did you watch here's it, this Rick? part. I unfortunately did not watch it. Um, but I also don't like... I am weird in that my brain cannot do suspense of disbelief for like a play and then everyone stops and starts singing. That bothers me for some reason. My brain cannot do that suspensive disbelief. I don't know why, but it's it's a quirk of one of the reasons why I don't like musicals. Um, I also found that I didn't like Lin Mua- Lin-Manuel Miranda's voice. I found it really nasally. I don't know if... If other people- He's
1: honestly probably the- he's the weakest singer in the cast.
2: Yeah. It maybe- and I also- I think I also felt like he didn't- like that was not the voice I was expecting to hear for Alexander Hamilton given what I've looked up with both the real person and how I imagine like you would want possibly like a stronger figure for the play. Um that that I also found weird. I don't know if any if that impression is has been shared by other people over the years when they've seen this. Um but I like I can appreciate the writing and everything else. But on a kind of on a fundamental level, musicals music is not really it's not really my thing.
3: Fair. Indeed.
1: But
2: the this remix, is, uh, the, not the it's remix it's, album the Oh no, the mixtape. The mixtape is good. I liked the
1: mixtape. Okay.
3: Solid ep.
2: It's very sudden. Yeah. Wait and <laughs> end the discussion of Hamilton. We are, we are finished.
3: The
1: Click. <laughs> now we haven't chosen. We haven't chosen album, new albums yet. Woo.
0: Not yet. Uh... Okay, so I, can, so I can I can start with
3: that. I have an album ready. Go Mike. Oh, shoot. So, I am going to see uh Weird Al Yankovic tomorrow in Toronto. Yes, He's doing his um oh man, what's the, the the name of this uh show is is it's all it's all about his um original stuff. Like he's not doing his parody stuff. He's doing his original music.
2: It's cool. So, I didn't know it was like that.
3: Yeah, so it's uh, it's a smaller it's gonna be a smaller venue and it's gonna be kind of cool to to listen to. But I where thought, is where is he playing? Sorry, he's playing at the um, Danforth Music Hall. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, and as far as I know, there's still two tickets uh, available, Steve. If you're looking,
1: uh, I, <laughs> I won't be able to make it, but it
3: sounds fantastic. If you're if you're thinking of canceling some camping trips. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's called the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour nice <laughs> is, is the name of what i'm going to see tomorrow so i thought i would do some some classic weird owl i was looking through some of the stuff that you guys did in previous seasons it doesn't look like you guys have done any weird owl we have not uh, uh, on any previous episodes so i would like to recommend 1996's bad hair day
2: Ooh, amish paradise okay.
3: That's it, it's fair. got a, it's that's, got a that's
1: good I like I'm trying to, I they all start mixing together on me. Is yeah. is it that that or Alapalooza that has Frank's 2000 inch TV?
0: That's Alapalooza,
1: that's Alapalooza. Yeah, so that's like the, that's the best REM song I've ever heard. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, with that description of the tour, Mike, hopefully you'll be able to hear um, Dare to be Stupid tomorrow night.
3: Yes, I'm hoping so. <laughs> I am really hoping so.
1: One more minute. My favorite Weird Al song, One More Minute. Yeah. Probably. I love that song.
3: The night the night Santa went crazy. That's a good one too. <laughs> so this particular album that I'm suggesting, I'm I I'm fairly familiar with it. Um it's uh it's got a good mixture of of his parody stuff and and uh and a couple of his um you know his original stuff as well. So I thought that'd be a fun one for us to talk about.
1: Sounds good. Ooh. If I was choosing, I'd probably have to... As I, I would have been... I'm an OG Weird L sort of guy. I probably would have gone all the way back to, like, the original one, or in 3D, or maybe... We you got know, it uh,
3: all on, UHF!
1: UHF's a I friggin' long-term <laughs> <laughs> um, But no, bad AD, good choice.
2: For my suggestion, right, I else? will ask you gentlemen the question, would you like to hear what happens if you cross Green Day with Devo? Or at least people that sound like Devo.
1: Maybe Yes, Yes, I would.
2: In 2003, the people of Green Day um, got together with two other people whose names I forget and formed a project called The Network and released an album. This is
1: hilarious because I'm going to choose a Green Day album.
2: (laughs) Amazing synergy. (laughs) Um, So that album was Money Money 2020. (laughs) And then one or two years ago, I can't remember off the top of my head, they released a sequel to that album, Money Money to the 2020 Part two that's the album we're gonna do the network money money 2020 part two
3: now do you have do you have to have Uh, heard part one for it to make sense or no okay
2: this this is very much a like social commentary on current america album no prior Mm, knowledge of the band necessary
1: good old america America. okay richard do you have an album for
0: us I do. I'm going to choose something that's a little different than what we've done in the past. Maybe some some things I've chosen in the past. And this is an album I discovered last fall, I think, uh, by a Canadian artist named Reet. R-I-I-T is the spelling. And the album's called Atataga. I think that's how it's pronounced.
1: Uh, Atataga. <laughs> Atataga. You want to oh, uh,
0: spell yeah. that for us, Richard? No, I, A- I spelled A it. A G. <laughs> or A- if you look in the spreadsheet, A G- A-, A T A G A.
3: I, like, I, I,
1: I like went
3: way, for A- I like A- G-
1: It's like Popeye.
3: <laughs> okay. When, I put that, that, when I put that into my streaming service of choice, nothing comes up. <laughs> surprising
1: and i am going to choose green days insomniac because that album is the friggin bomb track no other reason
3: you're not you're not going dookie you're not going all the way back (laughs) nope
1: i i am i am one of the few who will hang my flag on insomniac no there's a lot of green day albums that i like like ooh. I was looking through. I was trying to think of bands that I that I really like and have listened to a lot of their albums of, and I have n- we we have never done one of their albums. And Green Day is one of them. We've never done a Green Day album. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now it's changing. It has, I mean, all at once. I had I had considered doing Insomniac, which is probably one of my favorites. Uh, but I mean, I really like Nimrod. Nimrod. Uh, yeah, I think man, American I really like Idiot enough. is a work of genius. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like. There's there's a lot of Green Day that I I could have gone to. Uh, I'm honestly considering going to American Idiot now that I'm thinking of it.
0: No, you put it in. It's in the spreadsheet.
3: Oh, it's in. It's in the in. I mean, yeah. and the spreadsheet has no editing uh-huh. capabilities.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: no, that's that's that, that's why i, t- I should have stayed the way it was. <laughs> that's what I thought.
2: <laughs> what are your thoughts on 21st Century that- Breakdown, Steve? Although we can also talk about that next recording.
1: All right. Um I was really hoping for a lot to follow up to American Idiot. Mm-hmm. Um I I mean American Idiot came out when I was I don't know how old, like I was in my 20s and it was a an album that I that really like hit me and I thought it was really well done and I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I listened to it endlessly. So I don't know that there was anything they could have released that would have been good enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I, I was I mean, cursed by damned by high expectations on that one.
2: Yeah, I feel like 21st century breakdown was kind of like, and any the next album after American Idiot was kind of like doomed to fail beyond a miracle of repeat songwriting genius. yeah. yeah.
1: I feel like they they kind of not that they ever died like they had a they, like they had good albums like warning was a great i, li- I love warning Warning's a great album yeah. oh i like. i like warning the track warning sucks
3: but yeah, it's not like we're, we're we're gonna have this discussion when we when we talk yeah. about in this is true yeah.
1: <laughs> we will put it in
2: the
3: i, I, I really
1: i really do like warning um but um uh but then you know they they were, it, was all, it was all kind of same-same at that point in time, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the story is that they were writing an album. Uh, what was it called? Like, uh, Cigarettes, Cigarettes and,
2: and, and... Cigarettes and something.
1: something. Yeah, and something. And the, the all of their their demos and early tracks got stolen, and then they're like, fuck it. And they did American Idiot, which is insane. it's <laughs> i i really I really like that
0: we can talk about it more next time
1: yeah we we can I'm just looking at the track listing on warning, and that's a really friggin solid album
0: great i like warning- warning as well,
1: looking at you Warning is <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem with the album is that the singles on it aren't great, like warning's all right, and um you know minority eh it's okay, but it also has friggin' Church on Sunday. It's got Misery. I love Misery. It's got Misery. Uh, Macy's Day Parade. I love Macy's Day Parade. Like, such good. Like, the off tracks on that album are so strong. It's insane.
2: Okay, I will. I'm going to go and do a, a shadow listen of a warning or two in the lead up to the next recording.
1: Important. Maybe this is another one of those cases
2: <laughs> where, like, it will resonate with 40 year old Craig much more than it did with like,
1: it's, late it's, teens it's Craig. like the same reason. Like, I like, part of my problems with certain Green Day albums are the fact that the sing singles, which I don't think are incredibly strong, get overplayed. Mm-hmm. Insomniac has that issue. I thought Brain Stew got overpay- overplayed, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, it, wasn't, with... it was okay. Yeah, but you know,
2: but Brain Stew is redeemed by the whole of Brain Stew and Jaded. No, I agree facts. with you. What,
1: what was what was the big one-off? i um, um, Nimrod. Uh, geek stink uh, breath and
2: time of your life.
1: Yeah, I, it's, it's geek stink breath. I'm I know it's
2: not of. geek stink breath. I mean, tar- tar- time. Geek stink breath is Insomniac. Um, oh, it's the. Oh, you're right.
1: What is it? Dun, 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 what is it? What
2: is Hitching a ride.
1: Yeah, I'm tur- hitching a ride. I hate hitching a ride. <laughs> I really,
2: I love hitching a ride. Damn you, Steve!
1: Hitching a ride next episode. There's
2: gonna be a Green Day rumble. It's a
1: terrible song. But but I like the rest of the album. Like, and I, I find that Green Day often the singles that they really push, I don't care for.
2: Next Good episode, for more point. more of this lively rumble. Yeah.
1: yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have a we'll have a, a full Green Day rumble. Let's not waste it all now. Green Day throwdown.
0: <laughs> Instead of doing an intro for the next episode, we should just take what just just happened and sort of fade in with that. Can do that. Honestly, that's probably
1: the perfect thing to do, and then we will revisit <laughs> it. And we yeah. should
0: listen to it.
1: Like you should, you'll you should play it for us, and then we'll we'll be we'll be fresh in the mindset to, yeah. to and and we'll just start right into Green Day, and we'll just have a a brawl Green Day episode. <laughs> Good. So should we um, all Green Day, Green Day albums and then? Weird Al and um, ga <laughs> <laughs>
0: Green Day, Green Day with
2: different
0: people. Steve is not down with other languages, apparently. No,
1: I, I just I just it's, can't figure that one out. Isn't it an indigenous artist? <laughs> yeah. That's what I figured yeah. out. She's uh, in okay. There. It's um, any language that has so many vowels together is hard for me. Like, you should see me try Finnish.
2: <laughs> you don't know who Kumi Raikkonen is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) yeah
1: right i i I have trouble with that it's it's not how my brain is wired so um in any case um i think it's been a fine episode thank you all for for joining us tonight Uh, i hope you will tune in next time for the grand green day rumble with weird alan Reed. there it is